0: Welcome to another great episode of A Real Hawks Fan Podcast. And today we have a special treat for you guys. We have a guest on the podcast. Uh, One of my good friends, Jawaski Thomas, is on the pod. He is uh, pretty knowledgeable about basketball. He's a very big sports fan. And uh, we we had a few technical issues in the beginning of the pod. But later on, we get it correct. We had a really good conversation, really good productive conversation. Not just about the Hawks, but we went around the NBA. Jawaski is a Thunder fan, so we kind of go into that. And just different teams around the league and getting perspectives and see where we stack up against those teams. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Listen to it. Subscribe. Like the podcast. Uh, Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. uh, Download it, share, do all those things, and just be a real Hawks fan with us. And I'm out. Enjoy the pod.
1: What's up? What's up? Yo!
0: What's going on everybody? This is a new episode of a Real Hawks fans podcast. Day on the line, we got one of my best friends, Dewaski, on there you know. So we we, we both I know DeWaci's not a Hawks fan, but he is very knowledgeable about the NBA. He's an NBA fan and I and we kinda prepped about uh the Hawks, man. you gonna, gonna do a good job
1: for us today, man. But how's everybody doing today? Oh man, I'm doing good, man. You know, um, I am I, I just finished re watching the fourth quarter of uh last night's game versus the Phoenix Suns. And um, you know, I got some thoughts, man. You know, we 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 had we was we started the quarter up twelve. As you all know, we lost the game, so we'll, we'll get into it, man. We'll get into it, man. But I uh, overall, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm 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 excited to have Jawasi on here, though, man. Like you know, that's that's a homie. Um, so I'm excited to have. What's going on with you, What's going on, y'all?
2: I'm glad to be here. Now, this is my first time ever doing it, recording, but it, it's exciting because I, I literally I watch sports all day, so. It's kind of fun to be able to have an opportunity to be on here with y'all and talk about y'all hawks, and yeah, I'm a thunder fan, which is you know far in between. <laughs> I'm I ain't a thunder fan, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not gonna like I told Trey Trey earlier. I don't just sit down and watch them, so I really got my eyes on every other part of the league. So yeah, that's I got, got a lot to talk about.
0: Well, as a as a Thunder Jawaski been a Thunder fan since high school. Like you've been like ever since yeah, ever since high school in KD and Russ. And then I know he was in the military, like near there. We told me you went to like a Thunder game and stuff. So uh, Jawaski is a Thunder fan, people, even though he's from Albany, Georgia. <laughs> 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 he's
2: a hey, Thunder hey, look, fan. Now I became a Thunder fan. I seen them play that first round. It was KD and Russ. They was young, they played against the Lakers. And they pushed Kobe, man. The boys played. They fought against Kobe. They still lost in in that series. But I just, I just fell in love with them after that game. They had them ugly, plain uniforms, but they was fighting. It was just tough. <laughs> so ever since then, I just liked them, man. And even though KD left and Russ
1: left, I'm, I'm still trusting whatever they got going on.
2: Well, what they you got think a lot about of
1: draft picks going on, man? Like, yeah. well, what do you think? you know as a, as a as a thunder fan you know like your 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 gm is famous for you know getting all these draft picks like every draft he just gets more draft picks like what's the plan like how do you feel like it's working out so i
2: think and just by how our team start with 2 years ago with we got chris paul and i remember I over under for like I win total for that season that was above the year it was like in the twenties and somehow someway we made the playoffs with Chris Paul and we, we played team. pretty good we ran into the Rockets but we played pretty good but back on Ty GM Presty is um his strategy I guess I don't know if we the like that per se because they did hit they hit on MB and Simmons but they did miss on like a lot of um like Okafor and them but. I yeah. think we got a nice young core. We draft them pretty good. Um, it's, I think, like I told Travis earlier, I think we were just waiting to find that one generational talent, that one changer that just like a LeBron or something. We don't know if that's going to come, but um, that has to be the idea when you're just trying to harvest all these picks and pick up all these bad contracts to gain more
1: draft capital. So,
2: process on that.
1: I feel you, man. You know, that's like. You know, that's you know, looking for that big pick. But what, what you think about uh your point guard? As far as generational goes, I don't think you know SGA is generational, but he's definitely one of the best young point guards in the NBA. Like he he's a truth, man. Like is he is he a guy that you think you're gonna build around? Or is it like can he get traded for the right person? I don't I think
2: that he is a piece that we can build around, but I think he would he is better paired with somebody else. I think if we pair him with a great wing scorer, dynamic wing player that can complement him, I think that would take him, take the team to the next level because, yeah, shot is good. I think that when the Clippers traded us to him, I didn't think that they thought that he was that good or else they might would have kept him. I know Paul George is playing pretty good, but I don't even think they saw SGA becoming what he has come become with us because he's literally he, – he slept on, man. I, I, I think personally – He's at least top 12, top 13 point guard, but nobody talks about him because guess what? Nobody watches. Nobody.
0: But you
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um if we could pivot to the Hawks a little bit. Um we uh me and Eric, we already kind of have our takes on the Hawks, man. What Jawaski, what you thinking about the Hawks? What you what you've seen from so far this season or Let's let's take it back to the rebuild a little bit. Like how do you how do you like our rebuilding process and uh you know our your team is going through a rebuild. We've already kind of been through that. Um ours was a little different. Uh we didn't just necessarily we didn't bottom out like y'all did nor did we kind of have uh you know the point guard come in and kind of take a young team and show them how to win either. So we're a little different with that, but what do you what do you think so far about our rebuild and you know us now? Like, what, what do you, what are your thoughts? I think we lost Jawaski temporarily.
1: <laughs> temporarily, we'll get him back in here.
0: We'll be back. That uh, I'm gonna add him back, and while that is happening um bro what what are you seeing um, so far like you know from the thunder rebuild uh, yeah. in comparison to like the hawks rebuild
1: oh okay comparing those rebuilds okay um man i think the thunder are being very they're, they're taking on a huge risk, right? Um, in the way that they're rebuilding that team, because, right? So, draft picks, people love draft picks until they turn into a player. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, "Oh, you got a, I got a lottery pick out of this team. I got this pick. I got that pick." And it all seems really good until you know your your draft pick turns into Denzel Valentine. You know, like because you never know. You never know what's going to happen when you draft that player. And once that player becomes a player, once that pick becomes a player, you know, then expectations come about, right? And, you know, who who knows whether these guys are going to, you know, live up to expectations or not. So, overall, I admire the fact that, you know, their GM was able to get them to the playoffs with Chris Paul. You know, that was amazing. Um, And if you want to groom me on point guard, I think, you know, it's – you know, SGA, he he got to learn from Chris Paul, so it doesn't get much better than that. Um, but I don't know where they're going, man. Like, I don't know what magical player they're, they're thinking is going to just come out of college or high school and save that franchise. Like, I think they'd be better suited um, trying to trade some of those draft picks as soon as possible to get, like, a real player on the team. You know, somebody like, um, I don't know, some, you know, there's, there's going to be teams out there that have a surplus of talent you know what I mean, and they, they're going to need to move off a player to, you know, get under the salary cap. I think they'd be better use, uh, better, you know, yeah, I think it's a better use of your picks to, you know, trade one of those, you know, trade a picks and get a real guy in there. Um, and to, to compare that to the Hawks, you know, that's what we did. You know, that that's why we have DeAndre Hunter, because we were able to, you know, package together some of our picks, move up in the draft, and um, get DeAndre Hunter, who's looking like he's going to be, you know the best wing the Hawks have had in the last. You know, when when is the last time we had a wing as good as, you know DeAndre Hunter? Like he's been that three and D wing we've been waiting for, and we wouldn't have got him if we didn't package our picks together and uh, and you know make that move to get him. So you know I think there's some comparisons. I think Jawaski makes a good point. I think I would compare them more so to Philadelphia, the process. I would that's what I compare the Thunder to, and I'm kind of watching to see if they'll get that generational player. Because, man, I thought they were going to hit it, you know, and not saying they have it, but I thought this very last draft that we just had with all those great players, um, all the Jalens, you know, all the Jalens that came out of that draft, I thought they would have got one of those Jalen dudes and really, you know, kind of took off. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of how I'm feeling about their, you know, their rebuild. I think they got a lot of losing in front of them, but hopefully it turns out to something good.
0: Well, uh, we got Jawaski back. And before – we uh got him disconnected temporarily. I asked him the comparison between the Hawks rebuild and the Thunder rebuild and like you know where you know where we've been as far as our rebuild and where we are now, like, you know, I wanted him to, to get his thoughts
2: on that. Um, I agree with what it just said. I'll our rebuild. To the Sixers rather than you guys rebuild, I would say that we're taking the approach of the Sixers that we're just trying to just gather as many, and I and they're hit on one good talent. I don't think that we can necessarily trade our picks to get somebody else because, like I said, OKC is just not that great of a free agency spot that people just would wanna come. But it all depends if we if we want to keep SGA. Or we want to trade SGA to pair somebody with some of the young stars we got. If we can get a trade to get a high-value player, then I say we do it. But I think that um Presty just going to really just try to see if we can hit and draft the Embiid and the Simmons in, in the next coming years and we build off that because I just don't see any free agents coming to um, OKC. Oh, no. oh, no. I'm sorry. In the right, middle
0: yeah, unless they get traded there, I don't really see any any guy just like, man, I want to go out there to Oklahoma see what <laughs> that about. Them. I don't think that's happening.
1: But and that's uh, a similar problem with the Hawks, right? Because Atlanta's a great city, but as far as a free agent destination, we have just never really stood a chance when it comes to, you know, signing the big-name free agents. You know, like I think Paul Millsap was probably the biggest-name free agent we got. In recent memory, you know what I mean. So I feel what about,
0: net, bro, like, hold on, hold on. What about the white? What about the white? We got the white
1: passes prime. Yeah, that's bro. not like prime. Way passes is
0: prime. We got. I mean, as far as name value, I would say the white definitely holds a little bit more weight than uh, Paul Millsap. Uh, he was a top seventy-five snub. Uh, I think we. I think – I definitely agree on that. Me and Jawaski, I don't know about you, Eric. I definitely think uh, Dwight Howard is supposed to be on that top 75 team. But he was uh, – he was uh, – a that year, I remember that year, that was like 2017, 2018, we had White right before we drafted Trey. And um, him and Dennis Schroeder and Paul Millsap, yeah, I think we made a uh, – it wasn't wasn't a really good team, man. I, would,
1: but I do agree. Like he, he got snubbed. He definitely got snubbed. Dwight Howard is better than a lot of the people that were made that were on that uh, top seventy-five list, man. And I think it just all boils down to like, for whatever reason, folks just don't like Dwight personally. You know, what I mean, all day we lost Jawaski again. Okay, <laughs> but but for some reason, people don't like Dwight personally, and I get it. Like his his personality is kind of annoying sometimes. But you know, the work speaks for itself. Like. Dude is one of the best centers, you know, to come into the league in a long time. Like when he came into the NBA, you know, it wasn't during a time where centers shot threes and, and dribbled the ball in the perimeter. Like it was a time where centers controlled the paint and Dwight Howard controlled the paint. I mean, from a defensive standpoint, he owned the paint better than any center in, in that era. So, yeah, big snub, big snub. I don't know. that That was crazy that he didn't make that list.
0: Yeah, Zawaski over here getting phone calls, getting disconnected from us. Yeah, I got, I got to do it on another device <laughs> next time.
2: This right here ain't gonna work.
0: Yeah, man, we know the feeling. But um, so far, the Hawks right now, we are four and six through the first ten games, first of the season. We sit right now at I think twelfth place in the Eastern Conference, a deep Eastern Conference this year. Um. And we, right now, we have kind of like a, you know, I think teams like Charlotte's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. I think the Knicks are going to eventually come back down to earth. Um, a team like the Bulls might slide a little bit, but um, Philly, Miami, we kind of see them. Uh, Milwaukee's had some struggles out the gate, but they've also had some injuries. Um I'm just seeing a lot of stuff in the Eastern Conference, but I don't know where exactly we fit. I know we're a playoff team, but, you know, right now, based on what I'm seeing on the floor, man, I don't know. We've blown a couple leads in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, defense has been a struggle. Uh, I just kind of want you guys' thoughts on, you know, what are you, what are
2: you seeing from us and what what can we do? From my perspective, when I look at y'all and this is outside looking in, right? Um, I think y'all a good team. I feel like this year is going to be a different year for y'all because people know who y'all are now. I don't think y'all – between y'all and the Knicks, y'all proved yourselves in last year. So, I think when everybody – they're more prepared for y'all this year. They're not going to just be like, oh, that's a win on the schedule. We could just go and just win the game. Um I think y'all biggest struggle been on the road this year. Y'all only won one game, and I don't think y'all come the spread in any of those games even that y'all won. <laughs> and just by when I went and looked at y- a couple of y'all games, um, I think Trey Young, for right now, he's struggling. He's only shot, I'm looking at 29%, when he averages 34 from three-point land. And that's, you know, of course, that's a big part of his game. But, I, but on the bright side, I think that, like, John Collins, Bogdan, and DeAndre, like, they've been playing pretty good. They're shooting the ball over 40% all three of them. So, I don't think – I think right now I think just Trey Young, once he gets hot, I think y'all are going to be fine. Um, The league scoring is not – y'all right there on pace with the average for league scoring. So, once Trey Young just starts making more buckets, I feel like y'all offense going to improve. Y'all defense is not bad at all. Um, I think Trey Young just has to adjust. I don't know if y'all talked about this. Y'all, y'all probably have in y'all couple podcasts, but he's only averaging five point eight free throws the last two seasons. I mean, no five five point eight free throws this year. Trey Young is used to averaging eight point seven to nine point three, and that just goes along with the fouls not being called. When you think about players like James Harden and Dame Lillard, whose games kind of predicated off that, especially James Harden. Um, I told Travis earlier, I said, you know, James Harden, a lot of people don't know, but he averages more free throws made for his career than field goals made. Just think about that. Like, he makes more free throws a year than field goals. So That's a crazy stat, man.
1: That's a crazy Yeah,
2: stat. so it, it, it's crazy. I read it somewhere, and I'm like, wow. Like, that just tells you why his points per game has dipped to under 20 points per game this season rather than other seasons and also for the entire league man the entire league is down to only 19.8 free throws attempted per game and that's the lowest it has been if you just say numbers wise in the this whole since this whole um decade and especially that's bad with with the small ball in the positionless basketball era we got now so I think the whole league just has to adjust, man. The score is not going to be that nobody's going to be averaging thirty this year. I don't think because nobody's getting to the free throw line. So it's going to be it's going to take players like Trey Young and James and Dame to, the time to adjust. And I think come mid season, I think everybody should have the rules comfortable and know what the rest are going to call and what they're not going to call.
1: I feel you, man. I think that's I think you make a good point. Just because Trey Young, like I I, I agree hundred percent. Like. This team goes as Trey Young goes, right? So when Trey Young plays well, the Hawks typically have a great chance to win the game. And when Trey Young isn't making his shots, well, you know we we, we struggle. So you know I'm I'm in 100 percent agreement with that, man. But I, I know I've been talking a little bit about you know what we're done. Trey. What you thinking, man? Like, well, what do you think about the Hawks right now, Trey?
0: I don't know, man. Like we've given up. We should have won last night against Phoenix. Um, like, DeAndre Ayton wasn't playing. Um, we had basically – we were fully healthy. Um, we should – we had a lead in the third. Um, I was listening to the game on the radio, and I was, like, you know, paying attention to the score and stuff. And I, I kind of was – I was doing something on the computer as well. And I look up, okay, we're up. All right, I see we're up like 10, 12. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I think we got this game in the back. Next thing I know, boom, boom. It's tied like 113, 113. I'm like, what's what's going on? And we end up losing. And I'm listening in there like DeAndre Hunter took a three that he shouldn't have took at the end. And I don't know. We just can't give up leads that, you know, we gotta learn how to win in those moments. And I wanna, I wanna. Uh, bring this quote that trey young actually said um he said it's boring to play in the regular season now because uh he's not in the playoffs and my whole thing is bro if you don't if you don't start playing white right now you know and we, we gotta win games to get in the playoffs you know so you you kind of gotta muster up that energy it's not like you went to the finals or something like that if there was Steph Curry, Steph Curry said that before, like, it's kind of boring, but Steph Curry had one, you know, three rings, so he kind of has that right to say, oh, uh, the regular season is kind of boring. you only been to the playoffs one time, and that's what you're supposed to do as an NBA player. That's your goal, get to the playoffs, win the championship. So, you you kind of got to suck that up, man, and, and and go for it. I just think, I don't know what it is, but we're, like, not all the way there, and I know it's only 10 games into the season, but Hey, it's seventy-two more games. So, uh, is it boring now? <laughs> like, is it gonna be boring in a few months? Like, I, I want to know that. So, that, those are like my my preliminary thoughts on it. Like, but we'll... his, to
1: add a little follow up to that um, Trey Young quote, um, he followed up with uh, Sarah Spencer from the AJC, and he followed up on that. and He said, you know, just to add some clarification, he said by when he said it was boring, you know, he was saying that, you know, they, they came off the playoff run and, you know, it was just, you know, there's so much intensity in the playoffs and then you go back to the regular season and what they need to do now is a, a, approach every game like it's the playoffs now, because, you know, now that they've experienced that and they come back to the regular season and yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's I guess in, in a way, the regular season is boring compared to the playoffs because, you know, the playoffs is the most exciting time of the year to play but you know he made he made the point that you know not that he's bored but that they have to them as a team they need to refocus and really treat every game on an individual basis to say no we need to approach this as if it were a playoff game uh so we can win some games so you know i was worried i was definitely worried when he was talking about being bored i'm like dude like i when when the when when kobe's lakers you know, when Kobe and Shaq, when Kobe and Shaq and, you know, they would come off of, you know, a 2 peak and then the next season for the first month or two, they just looked uninterested in basketball. Everybody understood that because, you know, for one, they were tired because they had just played into June, you know, two years in a row, and then they were kind of bored because they already knew they were the best team, and they just wanted to get back to the playoffs so they can win again. So I understand that kind of boredom, but I don't understand boredom from your first trip to the playoffs and you, you had a good playoff run, but you did not win the ring. And now you're like now it's the regular season, you bored? Like that, that definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I do want to say uh, one quick thing about last night's game um, that I was looking at in the fourth quarter, man. You're right. We should have won that game. Um, what I noticed, though, you know, we're just still a team that's figuring out the pecking order of, you know, who's going to take the last shot and also, like, how we can feed the hot hand. Because, honestly, up until I think maybe five minutes left in the game, we ran a lot of offense through John Collins. Like that John Collins pick and pop and pick and roll, it was good. Um, And then towards the end of the game, the score got a little closer. You know, it was like a three-point margin. And and Trey and Bogey just really kind of had a – a moment where they each one of them wanted to be the guy. Like the play had to be made by them. They had to take the shot. Like you know, both those guys wanted to step up, but they kind of iced out John. You know what I mean? So John didn't really touch the ball from like five minutes on to the end of the game. He didn't touch the ball, um, and he was the only one that was getting consistent good looks at the rim. And so you take him out of the equation, and you know, I'll give Phoenix some credit. that was playing good defense. But overall, we just went away from the hot hand. And so as we grow as a team, we're going to have to figure out, you know, how to feed the hot hand. Like, it doesn't – even though Trey Young is our leader, he doesn't have to take the game winning shot every game, right? Like, you know, even Bogey is a he's – a, he's a great dude, but he doesn't have to be the one to take the shot all the time. Like, we can, we can move it to John. We can move it to DeAndre. We can move it to other guys. And I think that team just has to learn that, man, I think. So I think we're Okay. I think we're okay. But we we gotta figure that part out. Mr. And
2: the piggyback on what he said, like, yeah, I don't think Bogie has to force it, man. Um, just looking back on y'all playoff series last season, my favorite series watching was the Philadelphia series, cause I, I felt like Trey Trey Young played good, but in the game that he didn't play good, I seen Kevin Hurt Kevin Herter. He stepped up, he's struggling this season, starting out the gate, but he stepped up and went um, and went off one of those games. Went off. John, John Collins went off. Y'all cam y'all got Cam Reddish, who I seen the first game of the year against the Mavericks. He completely came in the game and just took over. As soon as he got in the game, he started off. He shot like three in a row. I'm like, oh my god, he just he did the first <laughs> three. But he ended up going off, and I just y'all got so much talent that I don't feel like y'all have to be by this. So it's just a matter of when y'all get into the. Like you said, just trust each other because y'all have the talent. Everybody on the court can score, especially when y'all go small and have John at the five. Everybody can score, and almost everybody on the team can create their own shot. So, yeah, it's just about trusting each other and just knowing, hey, we don't been there before. Let's just trust the man next to us. Whoever got the best shot. Take the shot. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's win the game. In a nice way, that man said everybody can score when we get Clint off the court.
0: Oh, <laughs> bro. Clint Capella has been missing so many – like, bunnies, bro. Like, I don't know what it is. He's always not been the best finisher around the rim. But, you know, unless it's, like, a lob. But you give him the ball and be like, hey, make that layup or, you know, post up. oh You know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm scared, you know, because he bobbles the ball sometimes or it just doesn't go in. And, uh, like, Clint's kind of scary with that. But, hey, he's, he's our floor raiser on defense, and he does provide that that lob threat for Trey. And um, um, I wanted to kind of go into this point. Now, me and Eric have been saying, like, you know, John Collins right now I think is our second best player in our team. I've been saying uh, what we both kind of said, like, I want him to be more of our third best player. And I want a guy like either DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, or Bogey to kind of step up to that second best player role to, like, you know, maybe that 1A, because I don't know going, like, long-term, can Trey Young really be our best player on our team? Like, I remember Quavo, I know Quavo ain't no, like, he's a celebrity, he be, you know, around basketball a lot. He kind of said, hey, I don't know if Trey Young can be our best player on our team. Like, I know he can be point guard, but I don't know if he can be the best player on our team. Like, and I kind of hearken to that, like, can Trey Young be the best player on our team? I know he's the best passer, but can he do that? Um. Yeah,
1: he could be the best player, but you know, you know, can we, can we win a championship with him being the best player? I don't know. Um, it would help. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like it would help a whole lot if DeAndre Hunter really got his Kawhi on and just you know, I mean, like if. If he stepped up and just really turned into the next Kawhi Leonard, and then Trey Young kind of you know adjusted to being just you know point guard, while you know you know DeAndre just turned into you know that dude, then I think that gives us a better chance at being a championship team. Um, but I, I mean, judging off what happened last year in the playoffs, Trey Young I think can lead us to a championship. But it's I think if we have a better chance if, like you said, whether it's John, DeAndre, or Cam, um, if someone, I, 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 it works better when it's a two-way player, in my opinion. And that's why, you know, I think we kind of lean on DeAndre Hunter and even Cam Reddish to a certain regard, as if, if one of those guys could be the best player, because then you got a six-foot-seven, six-foot-eight dude that could come in and dunk on you and then go D you up on the other end and take the ball out your hands, that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy that, you know, strikes fear in the team. So, I don't know, man. What do you think, Jawaski? I agree on
2: what you said about it would be more helpful. It would be better off if you have a two-way player as a second-best player. Um, thinking off of that, i go back and I think of teams like Philly and last year with the Knicks with Julius Randle. When your best player is a post player in today's game, it kind of gets exploited, especially in the playoffs, because, like, last year, y'all completely – locked up Julius Randle. It was like boy down. We shut that boy down. I I guess it's easier to game plan. It's easier to take the post player and their game out than it is a a a dynamic two-way player who can get their own shot, create their own shot. It's just hard to game plan. So yeah, I do um I agree with what you said. But the thing about y'all, even though that's if that's a problem that y'all are arguing about, then that's a good problem. Because y'all have so many great players, it's a good problem to have instead of wondering Oh, can we go find somebody? No, y'all know y'all have it in house already. Just them uh, developing or somebody just stepping up and, you know, ascending to that role. So
1: it's a good Let problem. Me ask you this so for your, as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, right? If you could pick one player on the Hawks, not named Trae Young, that, that you would want to add to your team today, who would it be?
2: Oh, that's, you got to ask. Oh.
0: I know who it should be.
2: (laughs) If it's not him, that's right. I think the player with the most on y'all team that I would want that who would help us out in 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 the most essence of the game. I would say DeAndre Hunter, man. I know a bunch of people. It's not a popular pick, but I like DeAndre because I like. I told Trey, I think he's one of the best defenders. Even coming out of Virginia, he was good there, but now. Now, he, he's been sidelined some injuries, but I would want him because I feel like he had the most potential like A Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't that much of a scorer, but he always had the defense come out of San Diego State, and now his offense took off. I yeah. think I think it's easier to develop your offense in, in, in the league rather than develop your defense. So, DeAndre already has the wing defense down. Once he gets a little bit of handle, like I said earlier, like, like a Kawhi, and get that jump shot consistent, I think he has of high ceiling, very, very high ceiling. I
0: mean, i seen him, you know, that Brooklyn game. That boy hot, man. A uh, Like, when he shoots and it just goes in bottom, like, like, man, he can do that. Then he go defend KD, defend James Harden. He's defending Luka. Like, he, he can be one of those guys. And, like, he's, you know, I like when he goes to the rim. I like when DeAndre hunched for his shot a little bit because it shows me that he wants it. And a lot of times it seems like, you know, it can, we can go away from him because we have so many guys. We got Trey, we got Bogey, we got, we got John, we got Cam, we got Kev. We got, we got guys that want the ball, need the ball. But I feel like if, if we focused part of the season on trying to develop DeAndre and saying, Hey, you be our, leading shot taker or second leading shot taker and, you know, just work on that. That'll pay dividends in the playoffs because then when they're trying to, you know, double trade or something like that, we can kick it to DeAndre and he can create a shot. And um, I just want him to I, – I know he's probably going to focus on scoring more. I do want him to kind of develop, you know, passing a little bit, but I think that's going to come in a couple years. But if he becomes that dominant wing scorer for us, that's going to be big, man, in the
1: future. I agree, man. Like that, uh, you know, It's DeAndre has the – he has the total package, man. Like uh, I, I would like to see him develop his passing a little bit more um, and, you know, do a little bit more in terms of, you know, I mean, just natural development of players. not a nitpick at his game. But, yeah, I think DeAndre is that dude. And he's only going to get better, man. So, but that that raises the question for me, and it's just a it's just a I, I'm not I'm not trying to kick anybody off the island, you know what I mean? But with all these mouths we got to feed, like you said, you can, you can go through the whole lineup, and we haven't even talked about Lou Will. Um, we haven't said anything about um, Danilo Gallinari, and we haven't said anything about the rookies. We got Sharif Cooper, and we got Jalen Johnson down in the G League. Cause we, we got so much talent that the rookies can't even touch the court in, in the real game. So how long do you think we can keep this core together? Um for me, I mean you already know. I, I think we
0: we've already locked up Jonas It's Uh we extended Clint. We got bogey time for the next couple seasons. So and we got uh this year and next year on DeAndre and Cam's rookie deals so we can keep this team together right now for the next two seasons um, but I, I don't know one of Cam or DeAndre I feel like it might be Cam more than DeAndre because you know I was going to say when uh, Chawaski was asked about like what team uh, I mean what player from the Hawks would he like to see Cam I feel like would be nice on OKC. like He's hey, he gonna get the ball. He'll be that winning scorer y'all need. And boom, I think that's a nice pickup right there. Um, I think DeAndre is more of a assist more of a system player than anything. I think he thrives well in the system coming from Virginia. Um, like, but I definitely think uh the next two to three seed, like definitely two, um, but extended wise, like. Probably like five, like seeing seeing like similar faces around, like we're gonna have we're gonna have some of the same faces around for the next four or five seasons. What you think, Jawaski?
2: Not too familiar with y'all cap, but just by hearing what you said y'all ain't gonna be able to keep everybody and after them rookie especially when them restricted free agent deals come with after, for the rookie contracts. Um it's going to be a tough choice y'all going to have to make, man, because y'all, y- y'all got too much talent, and those guys are, because they're playing so well individually, they are going to command money. So I don't think y'all are going to be able to match all the offer sheets that they're going to be offering once they get those first deals. It's just going to be a matter of seeing how they develop, how, how DeAndre develops, how Cam develops, and what you see, you know, what you think is easier to replace for your team at the end of the day. Because if you feel like you can replace – DeAndre's ability to defend and his and his other assets are not improving as quickly as a cam offensive upside is just through the roof and he's he's liable to go off then. You know, you just that's just a decision for y'all to make. So that's
1: how I feel about it. Gosh. Man, I I think like I don't know, man. I feel like something's gonna happen. Um I don't know. I don't think it's gonna happen this year. Uh, I think this this team, as it's currently constructed, is gonna you know see see its way throughout the rest of the season um, and get to the playoffs. But um, I, I kind of like what Jawaski said. I think once it comes down to restricted free agency, there's gonna be a team out there that offers somebody a contract that we can't match. Like that's. To me, that's what it's going to – that that's what it's to come, come down to. It's not going to come down to we don't want this player or, you know, we're better off without this player. I think it's going to be just straight-up financial. Like uh, back when the Hawks had Tim, he- Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, he was looking like he was going to be a real nice shooting guard for us. And then the Knicks signed him to that contract. And it had trade clauses and it had – it was already more money than we thought he was worth. But then they had to trade kickers. If you trade them, you know, you had to pay them 15% more on the way out. So it was like, nah, we can't sign that. <laughs> we, we cannot match that. We're going to let you go back to New York. So I feel like something similar could happen. Um, you know, and who is going to – I don't know if it's going to be Cam Reddish or it's going to be DeAndre Hunter. Um, but I feel like with one of those guys, and I know – I mean, we, we know which one's more valuable to us right now. Like You know, Dre is the starter. He's the guy. But, so he's the one that we would want to match. But if another team offer him a full max contract, like are, are we ready to give DeAndre a max contract?
0: I don't know. I mean, he got, okay, this is his third season. So, I mean, it's early in the season. So he got time to kind of prove that. I don't know if we're going to go the extension route with either of them. Um, I think, I feel like Cam's going to look, Cam is signed a clutch, if I'm not mistaken.
1: He is. Um,
0: so he might be looking for an extension this, like after this season, because he wants to just know, like, hey, am I gonna be here long term or not? Uh, DeAndre, I think, like you said, I think we prioritize him more because of just the defensive floor that he gives us. Even if he's having an off night, we know that he's guarding our best player, and Cam has that ability to do that. Uh, uh, well, he's guarding the opposite team's best player, but Cam has that ability to do that as well. And like you said, Cam uh, can get hot and go off, but sometimes those boneheaded turnovers or boneheaded shots, it, it, it gets it gets on your nerves. Like his up and like I think I like the consistency of DeAndre. If, if DeAndre could be a consistent like twenty point game, twenty point per game scorer, I think we'll take that over like the highs and lows of cam reddish uh like like cam will go off cam can probably go off for like 40 if he wanted to and the the next night to give you like 12 points and turn the ball over like eight, like four or five times i don't think we i i would like the consistency more than the um more than the Jekyll and Hyde the up and down thing for me for our team I wish we could keep both of them. And I feel like in a in a perfect world, there's a way that we can. Uh, I don't know how at this point in time, you know, maybe trading Danilo Gallinari. Uh, I know Lou, this is his last season. Um, and we get Jalen Johnson to kind of step up into that uh, Gallinari role or something, maybe, but I still don't see it. Like, Cam, I feel like once more shots, one more shot. And he's a Clutch client, so yeah.
1: Yeah, being signed to Clutch is something, right? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because with that, when that's your agency, they wanted to put you in a position where you can get some shine, you know what I mean? You can get some TV time, and you can get some endorsement deals and all that. So, you know, I know Cam's agent is going to be in his ear. You know what I mean? Like, if the Hawks try to hit Cam with a, you know, a contract like they gave Kevin Herter four years, $65 million, that's good money, but You know, if clutch might say four years, 65 million. Hold on, man. Like we want 80 million. We want 90 million. We 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 need a starting position. So
0: we need Jalen Brown money.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He might want to want the boy to get Jalen Brown money. And you know, he might say, Hey, if you go over to Cleveland, or if you go over to one of these other teams, Sacramento. Sacramento." Exactly. Sacramento, a team that needs a wing that needs a, a guy that can turn into a star. You know that could you know that could help them out, so you know that's going to be a, a, a competing force that we're going to have to deal with. But luckily, we ain't got to deal with it right now. You know, we just need to figure out how to win some games right now. <laughs> that's that's what it really boils down to right now, like how we can win some more games, man. I know we didn't talk about it much, um, but you know, just to touch on it real quick, we also lost to the Utah Jazz without uh Donovan Mitchell, and that that didn't feel good, that, that didn't feel good at all. I oh, actually nah. watched
2: that game in the second half, and y'all was winning. Y'all had pretty much good control of it that first half. And then that second half,
1: it was open. turned the
2: ball <laughs> over just ugly basketball, man. And, and Jordan Clarkson and Royce O'Neal, I just seen them just going off in the third quarter, and they took the lead and never looked back. So
1: it was just a bunch never. of <laughs> – Never. It, it was ugly. a bunch of You're ugly right, basketball that third quarter that y'all surrendered throwing the lead in. Dude, you hit on the head. Like, watching the first half, I'm like, okay, we good. We good, we good. I actually didn't even watch the second half because I think I had something to do. And so I'm looking at the score. I'm like, hold on, we lost by damn near 20? (laughs) What? What happened? Same here because we was tied
0: up with them. Like We was tied up with them for a good portion of that game. And we was competing. And with no Donovan Mitchell, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to eventually kind of pull it out. They don't have their closer. But little do I know, they have the sixth man of the year, uh, Jordan Clarkson. And I think um, I, I strive for Atlanta to kind of be like Utah in a sense. Um, as far as like, you know, if one man, like they don't really care about shots like that. You know, uh, they got guys, Joe Ingles, uh, Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, so they got guys like that who are, you know, they, they want shots, but when they're not getting them, they're not pouting or nothing like that. Not saying we're, you know, our guys are pouting, but like I want us to be able to hit open shots and take care of the ball and, you know, execute. And Utah is great at execution. I think we get lost in that because we kind of think, okay, we, we did this last year or, you know, we're, we're talented and stuff like that like you still have to execute at the end of the day and i think we kind of get away from that a lot of times
1: that's true man that's true man. and that's that's the thing about the western conference man. i feel like the western conference is a good one to two years ahead of everyone in the east in terms of a rebuild like i feel like the nuggets the jazz you know they've been on their they they're on they're coming out on the other side of their rebuilds and they're like actually championship contenders. Where you got you know the Hawks and the Knicks and um the 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 the, the Hornets. You like we're still like we're just now turning into good teams. So you know we can kind of look at those teams in the Western Conference as an example of who we want to be, but we're not there yet. You know that like, we're not there yet. Like like when you look at I mean you know OKC fan over here, how you feeling about the Western Conference, bro? Like. How's it,
2: how's it going to shake out this year? Man, it's – me and Trey, we was looking at these standings, man, and it's, it's crazy. You got Portland at eight. You got Clippers struggling. You got Lakers. I, you know, the Lakers, they're notorious slow starters. But it's, it's all over the place. But my top teams, I would say I like the Jazz. As like that's my favorite team in the West because, like Trace um pointed out earlier, their execution is just flawless. And when you got your your main dominant scorer is Donovan Mitchell, and the other two people that that, that like primarily handle the ball, they're not selfish. Jordan Clarkson, he comes off the bench, he gives you good buckets whenever your starters are out, and he like it's, it's very consistent scoring. I think he's gonna win Most Improved Player. Like he definitely gonna win six Man in my opinion, and he can win Most Improved, but. I think that I like the Jazz coming out of there. I, we don't know what the Clippers going to do. They they played great in the playoffs last season without Kawhi. That was a crazy run. I don't know how they beat Utah, but they beat them. Um, the Lakers, right. I don't understand Russell Westbrook. Um, that's my boy. I love him, but you know, I told Trey earlier, if it's all about matchups with them. And Trey pointed out that, yeah, if they play the team like Dallas, they might go to round two, but they ran into Utah, Phoenix. I don't see them winning, especially Phoenix. Phoenix got the Lakers number. They blow them out almost every game they play now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know what they're going to do. I want LeBron. LeBron, my favorite player to watch, and I respect LeBron, but I just don't know, based on the struggles last year when they were just basically packing the paint and just daring them to shoot through. Shoot can hit a three. KCP, I hate him. He can shoot a three. Um, (laughs) Like I I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. And I I want LeBron to get back there because I, I want him to further his legacy. But you know, I I think I see Jazz and I see Phoenix again coming out. You know, in the conference final. What about the Warriors? Now you can't, you can't. You know what? I forgot about them. When I was telling you, I love them. I'm so sorry. You know, I, I see that's crazy because I'm not even thinking that they're ready until Clay comes back. And there's what that they record is seven, yeah, and, like, seven like, and one right the, now. It's beautiful. Like, and, and I can't believe I forgot about them. See, that's crazy. You just, you just, they just fly on the radar because they're not ever since KD left. You, nobody take them serious, but I love them. I, I can't believe I said that. So, those are my top <laughs> three. Yeah, War. War is definitely in there. Clay ain't came back. Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole. Kyle Kuzma and Reddish, right? They all like play wild to me when I watch them play, and it frustrates you, right? <laughs> now, like those three every time I play, I'm like, why do you, they play so wild? They not you, the dude, dude you play pickup with that played football, like they just play wild, <laughs> like it just they you don't know what they what's gonna happen when they get the ball. And I think Jordan Poole, the injury to Clay, back to back seasons that allowed him to progress quicker than what Kyle and what Cam did because. He was able to get those minutes, log the minutes last year the wars. They wouldn't expect to do nothing, even though they made the play, they made the play in tournament. But he had the minutes to be able to get better and improve throughout the year. And that's why you see what you're seeing now. And like, he's gonna only get better. So now when Clay come back, you just got all this all this luxury. And like I told Trey earlier, under eagle dollar made a big difference. And Trey pointed out a stat. He was like under eagle dollar had like two points and 10 assists the last game. Like and his plus minus was like plus 26 or something like that. Like having under a dollar back for the Warriors is a it, it brings me nostalgia back to 2015 Warriors pre KD. So yeah, I can't believe I forgot about them. I think the wars between the wars, Phoenix and Utah,
1: it's a toss up between them three this year. Man, I'm a I've been I've been telling Trey for the last two seasons that the Warriors are back, and every time I predict they're gonna be good, he's like, Nah, they washed, they washed, they washed. <laughs> so you know, I'm like, Nah, man, wait till Clay get back. And you know now they're looking good without Clay, and Clay's almost uh, man. I hope Clay can stay healthy, man. Like that's one dude. I think if you if you're a fan of the NBA, you gotta be a Clay Thompson fan, like mm-hmm. period. Like you cannot like basketball and dislike Clay Thompson. That doesn't pretty jump
2: in the league. Come on, yeah. I
1: mean, and, 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 he's, and he's and he's quiet with it. He'll just he'll get you sixty points and and barely smile about it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you know I can't wait to see Clay come back and that. the the, the one team though that we ain't even said nothing about the the Denver Nuggets and they got the the reigning MVP and um, Jamal Murray should return at some point in this season. Um, I don't know what Michael Porter Jr. doing. He, he, he he got the man, bag. Oh, hey, he finna
0: get dropped from my fantasy team. <laughs> bro,
2: that layup
0: was so he ate that injury. I said, "Oh my god." He he finna get dropped from my fantasy team. I know that. Like I <laughs> like I, I know that. That's what's finna happen. Cause dude, I hear averaging ten. I'm projecting. Okay, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. He finna average twenty five. Man, I hear dropping ten points. Come on, bro. Does your back hurt? What <laughs> what's your need? Come on, bro! Like you were supposed to be the second best player on the team right now. Like Jokic is amazing. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, yo, I don't even know how he do it. He do that slow pump fake, go to the rim. He play almost like he in Jello, but he he <laughs> like he just can't like he just can't not win. Like he like Jokic is a winner. I see him as that, and I hope he I hope they are successful. But if Michael Porter Jr. don't step up, then I don't know what they are gonna do. Uh, they got pieces on the team, like you know Will Barton. Uh, they got uh, they got some guys, but if Michael Porter Jr. ain't <laughs> that guy, I don't I don't think they're gonna be that that team this year.
1: Yeah, he definitely got to get together, man. He talking all that noise about you know why he don't need the vaccination, but he need a shot of something. <laughs> 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 That's what. Sorry, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I got my question for y'all is who's the best center in the league, and we know it goes out of two people. Who's who's the best center in y'all opinion? Oh man, best center in the league. So, I'm say so who's the center
1: first of all? Like, I know Embiid is a center. Uh, Rudy Gobert is a center. Uh-huh. Jokic I ain't um, too many. It's got to be Jokic, right?
0: Yeah, it's Jokic for me. Um, I mean, it can be on any given night. It can be Joel Embiid, you know, but. Sometimes when Joel like he starts shooting them threes, and get a little three happy, Uh and he doesn't he doesn't use his size like how he should. And Jokic isn't as big as MB, and he uses everything in his toolbox to his advantage. Like he sometimes he get two pass happy. He's the best passing big man of all time, and sometimes he gets a little two pass happy. But other than that, it's like. This guy, you can't really stop him. Uh, Embiid, he kind of goes away from that, but he's still he's still great, you know, and on any given day. It's like he could be the best center on the planet. But for me, it's Jokic, man. Reign the MVP. What
1: if Embiid was, like, in shape, though? Like, if he – Man, we've said that for, like, like four Shaq, seasons. Like, Shaq and everything. <laughs> right. Like Right. Mean, we- health and fitness is the only reason why Embiid is not the best center because is just more skilled than him. Like, he's a better passer, better playmaker, all that. But Embiid's also a better defender. You know what I mean? And that means a lot, when, especially when you're trying to protect the paint. And, and, and Embiid can give you 40 points. He'll give you a 40 and 15 game whenever he want to. But we all know at the end of the season, he might be on the injury list.
0: Um. I, well, go ahead, Jawaski.
1: Yeah. I, I Like, I love Embiid,
2: man. Like, just – I, like Trey said, he just he he tends to just sh- start shooting, man. Like like <laughs> Trey Young and them floaters, like he just starts go crazy, go go rogue, and just start doing one thing the whole game. I'm like, man, you're just so dominant, man. Like nobody can just go and command them double teams. I think he's just trying to get a shot up so bad. That he'll just get whatever the defense give him. When no, like force them to double team you and force the ball to go out to them three point shooters you got standing on the wing. You don't have to take the shot. You can dominate the game without necessarily having to put the points up. So you don't have to you don't have to put up 15, 20 shots per game if you're commanding double teams and wide open shots for your for your teammates, man. And that that'll make the team just that much better. And once you start doing that, and then y'all get down by 20, 25 because you're gonna shock the team out with. <laughs> possession. Other team, the run. You're not gonna be as effective in the post because now you're fighting twos and threes. Ain't gonna add up. So your post game is not gonna be good. So, and, and you'll think that with him being in the playoffs, that's when they'll get better. But like, like Philly, what their record is, they're top of the east right now. But every time they do this every year, and then they get to the playoffs, and it just don't correlate. Yeah. Like when, when in fact they should be the best half court team because they have the most. They got. They probably got the best half court player on the Eastern Conference.
1: The, the funniest thing to me, I'm sorry, Trey, let me say this real quick. The funniest thing to me that has happened in the – like the funniest part of last year's playoffs to me was when Clint Capella, like when we were playing Philly in that series, and like don't even get it fucked up, like Clint Capella was getting worked, right? Like he was <laughs> he was getting abused every game. But he went on that press conference, he said, well, you know what? We know one thing about Joel Embiid is he can do whatever he wants, but at the end of the game, he ain't gonna show up because he gonna be tired. So we gonna, you know, we're mm. gonna let him get his points, but we're gonna win the game. And true and behold, the very next game, and was giving he was giving Clint that work. Like was, <laughs> he had like 30 points in the first half, like giving him that work. But then we won. <laughs>
0: that is and that speaks to Joel Embiid. Like I don't know if he's ever gonna have a conditioning right, man. And because it's like in the first half, dude will come out hot first quarter, don't miss a shot. Second second quarter, same, much of the same. That second half, I don't know what they do at, at halftime. I don't know if he eats something at halftime. I don't know what it be, but he come out that second half sometimes, and it's just like, what? Um, what, what you think that uh, – I want you guys' opinions on the whole Ben Simmons situation. Um we all know he doesn't necessarily fit with the team, uh, right near the top of the east without him. And like, does it really work? And what team can like Ben Simmons actually go to and make something work? Is he an NBA player? Like <laughs> oh come on, man. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> I think I think Ben is it's it's a part of that trust of process. Montro when they first started doing that, man, and I think that they really spoiled they players. Like they said, "Oh, you don't have to play. We're gonna lower manage you. You just, you know, we're gonna just shine. We're gonna drive. You don't have to really work on your game as much." And then they pay him that contract, but when you pay when you pay somebody that max deal, you're expecting for them to get better. I don't like it, it's false on both sides. I felt like they just they wasn't as hard on him with their head coach at the time, and. I, and it's on him because you have to get better as a player. Everybody has to improve. And there's nobody – there's no NBA player that can say they they, they were the same as that player from year one and two and three as the years 12, 13, 14. I, let's just say, a Vince Carter. Vince Carter lived above the rim, but he was able to outlast his career and, and prolong it because he started being able to shoot the three. Because that, that wasn't always part of the game. You got LeBron. LeBron was this athletic slasher when he first came in the league. Now – he shoot, he's shooting highs in his three point percentage. And now it's more the, the game slowed down to him and his mental. You got it's just certain players, man. Like you, you have to you have to progression skill set because you're not gonna be the same player that you were when you first came in. Father time is gonna prove that even LeBron's as greatest as LeBron is he's not the same player that he was. So you have to be able to develop other aspects of your game. So when you lose certain
1: parts, you still have something else because you don't you've been working on that as you got in. And Ben Simmons is not that guy. He is not the guy. That's gonna work on his game and come back with something new every summer. Like
2: according you know, to Instagram, he is though. I
1: mean, on Instagram, and, and, I swear, he's boy, you one, ain't you know, recorded. Games. He, getting, he hitting jumpers, but as soon as the season starts, that jumper gone. That jumper gone. Like if you think about it, Ben Simmons is the exact same player he was his rookie year. Like he is, uh, to, you know, to jo point, he's the exact same player. And the thing is, that's okay because he's still like one of the best players in the NBA as he is like right now like like he's he's a defensive uh player of the year candidate every single season cuz he can defend 1 through 5 um at a high level and not many people could do that and you know he can he can he can score i mean he he doesn't want to score but he can score he can pass the ball he can get assists uh so i feel like he just needs another team man like Philadelphia is not the place um I think if he went somewhere like OKC, where there's not going to be any scrutiny on him, like if he goes to a team like that where no one expects him to make the playoffs and he could just go out there and hoop and then, you know, and just, and just go out there with young guys and, and guys that want to play, then that would probably be the best version of Ben Simmons because once you put them expectations on him and say, oh. dude, I need you to give me some points in the clutch. Nah, he's scared of that moment. He's scared. And, that, and Philadelphia, it's done there. It's over. It, it, he'll never play for them again.
2: Yeah, you got that, and you got that combined with that none that nun dunk he didn't do on Trey Young. He passed it out in Philly, and y'all lost the game. It's, between that, yeah, I don't see him going back there. Nah.
0: I was just thinking that, man. I think that, that moment in his career is going to ever – like, every time they show Ben Simmons' highlight, that's going to pop up there. Like, because – that's a defining moment for that. Literally, was Ben Simmons in in every everything we talk about Benson, Ben Simmons, everything been said. It was in that one moment that it all came to a head, and you know, it's like, dang, you got a wide open dunk, and you're you're six ten, and you passing it off to to whoever, and you shouldn't even did that, man. Come on, bro. But it's he gotta be aggressive. It, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's really aggressive and assertiveness. He has to he has to be able to do like develop a fifteen footer. Like he he's talking like, oh, I want a team built around me like Giannis, but you do Giannis works on his game. Giannis yeah. will take three airball four threes and come down and take another three. Like it's it's that it's that aggressiveness it's that will to want to be great and I don't think Ben Simmons necessarily has that he just because you know these AAU guys that's coming up every since they've been you know fourteen they've been told that they they the shit they the they the shit they the best shit since shit happened okay and they don't you know I think when he got to Philadelphia the Philadelphia's number one pick and all of this and that and he was he was kind of You don't have to work on your game. We're going to do – and that doesn't work, man. Like you really – like Jawaski said, you have to progress your game. And, man, shoot some of them jumpers. You Shoot them Instagram jumpers. I want to see some Instagram (laughs) The
1: YouTube jumpers. We need that in the game, man. Heck, yeah. I truly believe, like, his time in Philly is done. They just got to find a trade partner. Um, And, yeah, like throw him over there in Cleveland, Oklahoma City – What's another team that people don't really watch that much?
0: Uh
1: I like them in Portland. I don't know why yeah. the training happened for CJ. Yeah, that would be nice. I like them
2: there because like Dame and CJ, they're great. But it's like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, same exact players, same kind get it They kind of get in each other's way. Portland defense is terrible. Ben Simmons would completely help that out with CJ yeah. being gone, and you sub him in there. It takes the pressure off of those two that have to guard the one and two on the other team because one of them gonna get exposed you can't hide two players on defense you might have to hide one like how go to state do it stuff but you're not gonna hide two so you're gonna get exposed so why not add the best defensive player I don't know why they did that move because yeah CJ and Dame is good regular season looks cute you know average
1: both average 25 a game you go to the playoffs it don't work so it don't, man both of them dudes like five ten and you can't have you can't have that on the court in the playoffs, if Ben Simmons were to go to Portland, the, the, the best thing about that idea is everyone know who's taking the last shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knows Dame is taking the last shot. So no one's ever even going to look at Ben Simmons or, you know, he's not going to get any kind of uproar if he's dodging the last shot because we all know that's Dame time. Um, and that will probably work out beautifully, man. But, you know, the way this NBA going, what uh, the, the GM for the Sixers said He'll let this thing go all four years, man. <laughs> he, he'll let that boy sit at home and get his mental health for, for, until that contract run
2: out. If he really, if Ben Simmons really wanted to leave there, he should have kept it in-house, and they could have got a good deal for him. But when other teams know that he doesn't want to be there, then they're not going to give you the best offer that you can get for him. Thus, y'all, you're probably not going to want to accept because you don't want to just give away for pennies. So he kinda he kinda put this on himself. If he kept it in-house, requested in house, didn't do all the drama, all, the, all everything he was saying didn't want to come, now he's mentally whatever. Like I understand that, but it's people out here with real mental problems. So you don't need to be that's if that's something that's wrong with you, okay. But if he's lying about it, then he does that's that's horrible,
1: man. Like you we know he's lying about it. it. There ain't no if I don't,
0: don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody hit your bank account for three hundred and sixty thousand dollars when you have a mental health issue as well.
1: <laughs>
2: Man, that's
0: after, after the fact. <laughs> He's getting fired that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about we, we We touched a little bit on um, Boston? Uh, that's an interesting team. They've had high expectations for the past, ever since they made the conference finals that year uh, against LeBron. I think they've had high expectations. And they've had all the pieces. They've had Kyrie. They've had Kimba. They've had Gordon Hayward. They have Al Horford. They have him back. Um, and at the end of the day, the two guys, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, um, and hot take, I think Jalen uh, Brown is better than Jason Tatum. I'm going I'm to go on the record just saying that. Um, what is – what are their – what do they need? Um what do you see? Because you said that, Jawas, you just said they're the same player. They essentially are. But, like, what is
2: that? Um, Just to, to go on what I said earlier with Ben Simmons and the development, man, Um, it's like it's two different players. Like, Jason is almost the same player that he was his rookie year, first year, but now he's just taking more volume shots. So, and now he's – the pressure's put on him and now everybody's looking at him towards him to, hey, we need you to go out there and score. And then you got on the other side with Jalen Brown. When he came in from Washington, Jalen Brown was just known as a slasher that, that could play good defense. But he has developed his game into he doesn't add the three-point shot. It's not as good as Tatum, but it, it, it's, it's efficient. And now he has – he completely – he can dribble now. His pass has gotten better. It can, it, can, it can need some more improvement, but his pass is better. But that dribbling and the shooting – has really transcended him to be on the level because nobody was expecting him and Jason Tatum to be the same player to what they are now. But Brown has improved, and I feel like Jason Tatum, he has it, but now the spotlight's on him. And so, like I told you earlier, I was watching the, the Heat game. They blew the Heat out. The Heat couldn't make a shot. They, I think they'd be like 95 to 70 or something. The Heat couldn't score. It was terrible. But he was like 0 for 9, 0 for 10 in the fourth quarter while they're blowing the Heat out like Jason Tatum. I'm like wow, and he's been playing like that. They play against Washington twice. Bad. Then I'm like, and I'm, I'm looking at the shots he's taking. He shouldn't. He's taking these difficult shots. Like it's just like he's Kobe, like for real. But he's not Kobe. You'll see him. He'll iso and he'll try to go to the, the low post or the low block and perform some fadeaway. He's not driving. He's not. He's not developed that game of of his to be able to drive. There's no way that he shouldn't be a great finisher with his. He's six nine, athletic as he is, he shouldn't be selling for as much shots as he's in fadeaways as he's taking. So, yeah, I think Jalen Brown is the better player, like you just said, trade because of the development. I think the, the high ceiling could be Tatum
1: if he developed like Jalen Brown developed. But yeah, that's my thought
2: process on it.
1: Man, to when you, when you talk about Jason Tatum, man, I feel like there's a there's a overarching theme. And a pattern to like the type of player Jason Tatum is, right? And I, I kind of I attribute it to Kevin Durant because what we're seeing now, like this new NBA, what we're seeing is guys who are so tall, like six foot eight and, t- and taller. And you could put Jason Tatum in this category. You could put uh, Michael Porter Jr. in this category. You could put Cam Reddish in this category. Um, and there's some other guys. Pretty much all those six eight dudes that just came out the draft. You, you can put them in the same category where they all want to be jump shooters, right? Like instead of instead of using all that height and athleticism to get to the rack and just get like 12 layups a game like and dunk on folks, they're like, nah, man, I got this step-back jumper. Like these dudes got skills. Like this is the first time I can remember in NBA history where it's been this many six-foot-eight dudes that can dribble and shoot threes and, you know, just do all type of things with the ball. Like it used to be like just Tracy McGrady. You know what I mean? But now it's like so many dudes that have that skill set, but at the same time you look at them play and you're like, like, why don't you just drive to the lane and, and you know get fouled and then get to the free throw line? Like you don't have to do a step back three when you six nine. Like why why are you doing that? And I, the reason why I've been not putting on Kevin Durant because I mean he is the unicorn and all these kids kind of grew up idolizing Kevin Durant. And so they want to mold their game after him and Kobe. Like it was either Kobe or it was Kevin Durant. You know that a lot of these young players now they want to mold their game and pattern their game after. And as somebody who's been watching basketball, you know, for ever since the '90s, it's 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 weird. It's weird to see like these dudes that are so tall and they do not want to get in the paint like at all. Like I, I don't get it, man. It's, Trey? What you think about that, man?
0: Um. It's the same. I think uh, that that summer that uh, Jason Tatum spent with Kobe, he he got too much of that in him right now. You know, that 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 tunnel round fade away, this and that. He need to get out of that. And like you said, a lot of these guys, all of them got that step back three in a bag now. I don't know what it is. You know, James Harden put it in there or whatever. But, like, all of them want to take that step back three. Everybody wants to take a step back three. And I get that. But are you good at making that? Why can't you get to the rim? You know, everybody – I mean, Jason Tatum has historically had a low free throw rate. And people talk about that all the time because, like you said, he takes that fadeaway mid-rank. You're not – nobody's going to call a foul on that. And not – especially this season. They definitely not calling no foul. So you got to get to the rim and, you know, uh, uh, assert yourself. And and then maybe you can take a few of those. But if you're not establish yourself in the paint or at the rim, that you're going to be a presence or driving force to the rim. And if they know what you're going to do, like Marcus Smart said, they know you're going to try to ISO. They know you're going to try to do all that. Like, I guarantee Marcus Smart wouldn't be saying that if Jason Tatum was trying to get to the rim every time he uh, takes uh, get the ball to the uh, but if he's taking that mid-range, fadeaway, step back, and this and that, uh, and his jumper always has looked weird to me. I don't know why. But uh, if he if he's doing that, teams aren't necessarily – they're like, okay, I can guard that. You know, I, I pray that you miss it. But, you know, I can guard that. Uh, but they can't guard him going to the rim. I, I don't know why he does that. But I think it's more of like the skill level was went up. In the NBA, and you gotta, you kind of got to have that step back three in your game in your bag, and be able to do all this. And you know, Jason Tatum, you know, once you get on a bag of chips, you're pretty much solidified as a face of the NBA and all of this, and a superstar. Uh, they kind of donned him as that when he dunked on LeBron, and ever since then, he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm Kobe now, and you're not Kobe, so.
1: Take it to the rim, my guy. I agree. I but the only thing I disagree with is I, I still think Jason Tatum is better than um Jalen Brown, but it's splitting hairs. You know, it's but I do think he has a slight edge over Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown is that dude. He he is that dude. Um who y'all got Zach Levine or Jalen Brown?
0: Uh, um Jalen because
2: of the the defensive end that would separate him on defense.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm. That's a tough, tough one,
0: bro. Man. That's a tough yeah. one, man. Both them, say I say Zach Levine.
1: I, I give the slight ass to Zach Levine, man, because he can shoot it from three, like whoo. And we, we all know what, what his dunk package is about, but it's it's close.
2: I gotta see the pressure being put on him, man. He gotta make it to the playoffs, and I gotta you gotta see you gotta see somebody rush the expectation and you gotta like I said, this gonna be there. This year for the Bulls is supposed to be what the Hawks was last year. Everybody – nobody going to take them serious until they show them. So, I got to see it over a prolonged period of time. When you have the eyes on you, you expect to make the playoffs, go out there and show everybody how good you are when when there's pressure on you.
1: Can you do it in the playoffs or will you turn to Julius (laughs) Randle? DeMar DeRozan has really
0: helped that team out a lot. Hell yeah.
1: I knew he would. I knew
0: he would. Like, he has become, like, those years for the Spurs was really instrumental in his development. And you can see his progression as a player. Like, DeMar knows he can go out and get 30 when he wants to. He knows that. But he passes the ball way more. Like, he'll average six or seven assists. And, you know, it's not out of the norm. He wasn't doing that in Toronto at all. Uh, but now he's really helping Zach and Lonzo's coming along and stuff. And like that Bulls team is definitely, like you said, it's going to be like the Hawks and teams aren't. I feel like teams are like, still kind of like, eh, I think we can beat the Bulls. Like when they go into Chicago and Chicago comes, I think we can beat the Bulls tonight. Uh, they still haven't proved. They got to prove it on the playoff stage. And Zach has to do it. Cause I mean, this is like his sixth or seventh season. He hasn't been to the playoffs at all. So, He's definitely going to have to prove that. So, yeah, I might get an edge to Jalen Brown, but it's it's close, man. It's close. Talent-wise, it's, it's definitely Zach. But, like, player, just player, player, like, as far as what your skill is today and what you've achieved so far, is it's probably Jalen Brown. But I don't know, man. Uh, the East is very tough. Like, we just went over, you know, Philly, Boston, the Bulls uh Atlanta like we it's a very tough conference and it's tougher than the the west but uh like what Eric said uh a lot of those western conference teams have already been through what some of the eastern conference team are just going through now it's just we the Eden in the east we have more of those teams that are pushing for that versus in the west they're they're shallower than what you know we're used to them being we're used to West being like 10 12 deep but now that's the east like you can look like the Hawks are in 12th place in the east right now and we have championship aspirations so I don't know man it's gonna be definitely a tough road ahead for uh the Hawks and a lot of other teams in the eastern conference but um what are you guys, what are some of your favorite moments so far in the NBA, um, you know, so far this season? And what are, what are some takes that you guys can take away so far from these first 10 games in the NBA? Um,
2: my, I, I like watching John Morant, man. He's become one of my favorite players to watch in and out, man. Just going in, he plays hard, he's leading his Grizzlies team. Who they're not even all the way healthy, man. Still like they have they've always had some type of injury bug with last year, Jaron Jackson. He's finally back. But they're missing Dylan Brooks, who a lot of people don't know the, the, the casual NBA fan might not know, but Dylan Brooks averages about 80, 18, not 80, oh my god, 18 points a game, man, last year. So I feel like Ja and them, I, they, they got the they got the structure to really make some some run, man. And, People forget they was in the play-in. They beat Golden State last year. They were nobody thought they was gonna win that play-in game to, to get to the playoffs to play Utah, and they had some moments even in the Utah uh, series. Though know, they they only won what one game, I think, but some moments, man. I, I like I like the Grizzlies a lot. Um, as far as the Eastern Conference, I thought that the Hornets was gonna really make a difference, um, but their defense is. Kind of starting to catch up with them. That's their only problem. They got a lot of offensive scoring. Lamelo's been playing good. He he, that shot has transcended from Chino Hills all the way here. I thought that that shot
1: was,
2: but you talk about it just like it's about to go in. But he's been shooting the ball rather. My, my most surprising team. Trade a little. I, I, Cleveland is very good. Um, that really showed up a lot of their problems. Guard one through yeah. five by five on and five, And then B. I, but he can guard one through five legit and that just killed all the problems that they have with their defense because they too carry two short guards like Portland. I Like with in and So having him sure up the deficiencies that they had, that's why they've been winning a lot more games than what they won. They done beat they done beat some pretty good teams. I think they beat y'all if I'm not mistaken. They beat, yeah, y'all. They, beat they beat Denver. They've been, play, they been playing they've been playing good basketball. And um it when I didn't know that I knew Evelyn Moby was good. He went to US here and you know nobody really watched those late games on the West Coast in college. I don't but he's he's real good, man. So, those takeaways I got so far. I'm not really worried about the teams that are struggling with their records with, with the Lakers. And, y'all, I'm not really worried about that because, like I said, it's not that many games in. It's all, it's not a really how you start. You'll really see come All-Star break, like, who's for real and who's not. So, that's all I got so far.
1: Man, I feel like, one, I agree with Evan Moe. I had no idea he's going to be that good. And, you know, I think – like the one of the biggest takeaways from the first part of the season is him, his impact on Cleveland. Like, man, he he's the real deal. He's the real deal. And he's gonna change the way that entire team um moves going forward. But like the bigger thing is the east, like the east. I I, I knew the east would be better, but it's truly gonna be a dog fight. Um and it's early in the season, like you know, some some of this is fake and some of this is real, but you know the East is really deep, and the the and the, the fact that Cleveland um, is able to be a competitive team now that means that's no longer an easy. W the Hawks learned that the hard way. Um, New York got better. That's another thing I'm, I'm looking at. Like when when I saw they got Kimba and I saw they got Evan Fournier, I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> like what's but what was that really? What is what is giving them the ability to do is not put as much pressure on. Um, on Julius Randle, where he doesn't have to create as much of the offense. Uh, you know, they have other guys that can create some shots now, and that's really helping their whole team. Like, RJ is kind of taking a back seat. Um, so, you know, the Knicks are better. The Cavs are better. The Hornets are better. Everyone's better. Um, and out west, man, John Morant. that You, you, you got to like John Morant. You got to like John Morant. Like, I really hope the Grizzlies make the playoffs. Um, and the other thing about the west is – um, the Warriors. I'm I'm finally right. I've been saying the Warriors are going to get, uh, I've been saying the Warriors are back for like two or three years now. And I'm, I'm finally right. Like they, <laughs> they, finally, right. like they finally compete right. for something, man. And I, I would just, I am not a Warriors fan, but I do like the NBA a lot better when they're a good team because it really kind of restores the balance of power and um, it just makes it a lot better league to watch when you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson doing their thing, man. So, you know, that, that, that's what I'm liking so far.
0: Yeah. Um, overall, like you said, it is, it is early in the season. So around all-star break, we will start to see, you know, um, the, the teams who did have those hot starts, can they last? And, Some of those teams who struggle early, can they get back? Can they make things back right? Um, A team that we didn't mention is Washington. They got some of the Lakers leftovers. uh, The most hated KCP by Jawaski is Mm -hmm. there. Um, Kyle Kuzman's there. Montrez Harrell. um, And they've really kind of given Bradley Bill a little bit of a more of a team that he can work with. And Rui Hachimura just – I I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's coming back. Uh, He has some personal stuff. But um, I think that's going to be a team that – that's not an easy win. We've kind of shown that. We went one-on-one so far against them. But um, overall, man, the East is great. Uh, West is pretty good. This shall be a very interesting NBA season. Uh, The Nets, we didn't really get into them – but um, is, is long-term, like, the foul thing going to be a thing for James Hart? Like, let's talk about that, the whole foul thing. And what do what you guys – what have you guys seen? Like, do you like the game better when it's not calling that many fouls? Or uh, people say – I've seen it – people say it looks more like the 80s and stuff like that. Personally, I kind of like it because, you know, it's more real basketball. No no more of those ticky-tack fouls and uh, you lean into a guy, you shoot a three, you lean into a guy, you're just going to get that call. You know you can get the call and stuff. I like it. What do you guys' takes on it?
2: Um, my perspective is I like to compare it to, let's just say, nobody, I watch all, oh, I, but the main three I watch, let's just say baseball, football, and basketball. Baseball implemented something. It was either last year or the season before last where you used to be able to, if you was pitching and you wanted to bring in another a relief pitcher to face a certain bat in the lineup, you could do it for every batter if you wanted to. But baseball noticed that they weren't attracting some of the younger generation of fans or they couldn't draw as many eyes to their game as they wanted to because the pace of the game was so slow. So they implemented, okay, if you can bring any relief pitcher that that you want, but they either have to be facing the last batter of the inning, they can get the last out of any inning, but they have to at least face three innings. I mean, not three innings, but three batters because they didn't want the constant and to bring in a relief pitcher, let them warm up, face the batter that slowed the game down, people got bored, they didn't want to watch it. I think the NBA thought that same process when they did this because when you think about this the numbers look good at the end of the day but when you realize watching it every other possession you seen a foul being called somebody going to the line shooting free throws is not fun to watch people everybody knows that it's terrible nobody want to watch it okay besides young is going up and, and everybody counting last year free throws are just not entertaining at all so I think that this year I love it because it, it, it speeds the game up. Now, Harden is the most affected by it because, like I said, that stat, more free throws made than field goals, than field goals made over his career. But I think he, he's looking like OKC Harden right now before he was doing all this. Was OKC Harden a good player? Yes. Was he that the player that he was in Houston and now? No but I think he'll adjust, man. He's a great offensive mind, and I feel like he'll do anything, his playmaking to get better, and he'll find other ways to get better. He, he can still shoot. It's just a matter of, okay, I know that this is not what I'm going to get anymore. He's still trying to do the little flailing, but
1: nobody <laughs> want to see that,
2: man. Like, it's, it's not good to see, so I, I like the way the game's him right now.
1: Man, I agree. I think that uh, you make a great point with, like, the watchability of the game, right? Because you know, I'm, I'm a big baseball fan, too. And baseball is really – they're kind of trying anything they can to really make that game more enjoyable for the casual fan to watch. Because, you know, if you're, if you're a lifelong fan, you're going to watch it either way. Just like if you're a hardcore NBA fan, you're going to watch the game either way. But the casual fans that are going to – you know, how do you get somebody to tune in on a Thursday night and watch an NBA game when their team isn't playing, right? Well, if you're going to watch James Harden take 15 free throws, you're probably going to turn the channel. You know what I mean? But, you know, if it's, if it's a more competitive game, which I think they're trying to do, I, I enjoy it. But I feel like from a Hawks fan's perspective, they're picking on certain players and it's, 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 it's damaging their, their team's chances of winning. Like, for example, like Steve Nash made the point where he says, well, they're picking on James Harden to the point where, I mean, the refs are picking on him to the point where they're not calling it when he is getting fouled. And the same thing is kind of happening to Trey Young and the Hawks where, they're getting fouled. Like, like last night, CP3 fouled DeAndre Hunter like five times on one possession, and they never called the foul. And you look at it, and you're like, why did that happen? Well, probably because, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, give Trey Young some blowback to say, no, nah, we're not calling fouls on you no more. And the same thing goes for your team. Well, that's not fair. You know what I mean? Like, a foul is a foul. So, I like the fact that they got rid of the bullshit, right? The, you know, jumping into somebody – or uh, you kick your leg out when you shoot a three, that should have never been called a foul. That should have never been part of the game um, because that's, that's not really a basketball play. That's just a play on the rules. But, you know, so I'm glad they got rid of that. Very glad they got rid of that. I just hope they can find, the refs can find some type of balance between not falling for the okie doke but at the same time, if a guy gets hit, you know, then let's award him with the foul because otherwise, you just it's just gonna get crazy out there. And you know, it's gonna turn almost in the other direction. Where back in the 90s, like the, if you go back and look at some of those old Bulls games and some of those old 90s games, <laughs> some of that sucked because they were just hitting each other. Like you just come to the you just come in the lane and they're just elbowing each other. And it was like who's the better fighter, not who's the better basketball player? Um, so, you know, I, I don't want it to get that bad. Like, I think they can find a good balance with it, but so far I'm rolling with it, man. I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? The best players will find a way to score at the end of the day. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out.
0: Okay. Well, um, I think that's good. Uh, I know Eric, Eric, you gotta go. Uh, Jawaski, I know you are watching your Raiders game. Um, so I think we can wrap it up for here. Any final takes or any final thoughts from anybody?
2: Y'all are fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Y'all have had a, Look, y'all only played two teams that are under five hundred right now. you all good. Y'all. I think I think the Pistons and Pelicans. So y'all, y'all been playing good people. Y'all even played the bottom of the league yet. Y'all are fine. So just don't overreact. Okay.
1: Now nah, we're panicking, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I definitely hit the panic button.
2: Y'all sound like, <laughs> like me whenever. My team, whenever, whenever the Raiders lose, is just I got we five and two. I find everything to complain about. It's just how you, how you are about the team,
0: man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Eric, any final thoughts from you,
1: man? Um, definitely enjoy having you watching on the show, man. It's good, to, you know. Uh, you know, get your opinions on here, man. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, the uh I think the Hawks are gonna be okay. Like I agree, you know, we're gonna be okay. It's gonna be a learning process because. The biggest thing we talked about before, and, you know, I won't get too long with it, but this is the first time that it's all these players have played together because last year, Bogey was hurt, DeAndre was hurt, Cam was hurt throughout different parts of the season, even in the playoffs. So now that everybody's healthy, it's almost like, you know, trying out for the team again. and You got to figure out who the lead, dog, and who's, who's going to do this and who's going to do that. So I think we'll figure it out. It's just going to take a few more games, maybe a few more weeks before we get there. But when we get there, I'm still saying we win in 60 games. We're gonna run off like a 25-game win streak. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, my final thought is I think we're fine as well. Uh I did hit the panic button. I mean, as a as a fan, you kind of do that. Uh, but I think we're fine as well. And um also Jason Jason um or Jalen Brown is better than Jason Taylor. <laughs>
1: All
2: right. <laughs> it was nice being here with y'all, man. Y'all got, I, oh, yeah, yeah man. Just, Good to you know, so have It was nice to actually do this, and it's a great experience for me to be able to do it. So I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to do it.
1: Appreciate it, man. We got to bring you back one day. Most definitely.
0: Yeah, man. Peace. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to another great episode of a real Hawks fans podcast brought to you by the Scott Bros. Featuring on this episode, Jawaski Thomas, one of my very good friends. We had a very good time just talking basketball, and um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy. And um, please, please, please subscribe to the podcast. Go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Do all those things. Share the podcast. Download the podcast. Be a fan of the podcast. We want you to be a dedicated listener, and we'll continue pumping out this content for you guys. So uh, just do that, guys, and uh, be a real Hawks fan. Thanks.